What's up, everyone? I'm Eric Smith, Editor-in-Chief at QBList.com, and it's a Friday night, so what else are we doing here? We are doing a mock draft at QB List. I am joined by three other degenerates here, Ryan Heath, Drew DeLuca, and Mario Adamo Jr. Uh, excited to get a mock draft in. We're going to talk about our picks, uh, everything we've learned from the offseason and during this draft, uh, and yeah, just have a lot of fun and uh, recap all these picks. So it's a standard single quarterback PPR league, three receivers and a flex. Uh, like I said, pretty standard scoring. We've even got kickers and defenses in this one. So we're not going to throw you too many curveballs with this mock draft. But um, yeah, we've got Drew DeLuca coming up with uh, the first pick of our group at pick 1.02. I will be coming up at pick 1.4. And we've got Mario at pick 1.5. And then Ryan comes in at pick 112. So um, we will keep you updated as this draft goes on. But Drew, you're going to be the first one up here. Uh, welcome. How are you doing? And what are you thinking with pick two here? I'm doing great. Uh, so, I mean, it's a two-man race right here for the second pick. It's uh, which who's left? Taylor or McCaffrey, and the uh, the choice has been made easy. Jonathan Taylor goes first, so I'll be taking Christian McCaffrey, uh, second overall. So he's uh, number one on some boards, and I'm happy to have him number two. Yeah. So, what do you think about? Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about Taylor versus McCaffrey, but are you typically um, all about the upside here, chasing McCaffrey, not worried about? Um, the injury history, or would you have taken Taylor if he was there for you? Uh, I probably would have taken Taylor if it was a tournament or something. With a, I probably would have gone with the upside with McCaffrey, but in a regular twelve-team league, I'm going to go with with Taylor most of the most of the time there. Um, yeah, I like McCaffrey. Uh, I think he's the injuries he's had have been um, a variety where you know there's no long-term concerns from you know nothing that happened last year should be carrying over this year should be entering the, the season 100 healthy and. We've always, we've seen when McCaffrey plays, uh, you know, he's as good as anybody, if not the best in the league. So I have zero qualms about taking him 102. And yeah, I was up at pick four. We're moving along here. Uh, the draft has started out Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think earlier in the offseason, I would have gone with Austin Eckler here. I've kind of let Ryan talk me down on Eckler just a little bit here in the first round. I still like him as RB3, but um, I ended up going with Cooper Cup here at pick 1.04 after Jefferson. It's a close call between Cup and Jamar Chase. Um, just kind of personal preference here. I'm going with Cup. We just saw him get nearly 200 targets last year. So uh, I'm not sure that we can go real wrong with Cooper Cup early on. So that'll change my strategy coming back in the second round. Maybe I'll see if I can get a running back here. But uh, Mario, we're moving quick here. You've already made your pick. Who'd you get at pick one five? I did. I took Derrick Henry. I feel like there might have been some Derrick Henry slander going on. We mentioned like the third running back off the board would have been Eckler. Um, I know people aren't too high on Henry, maybe because of his injury history, but people need to remember he had multiple three touchdown games last year. He was on pace to blow everybody out of the water and he got hurt. And you could nitpick and say, AJ Brown's gone. The offensive line has worked, but you just can't change Derrick Henry and who he is. I think the King comes back. I'm happy to get him here at pick five. Welcome to the podcast, Mario. This is your first one. So we're glad to have you here. You, you killed it already. So um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I know it's a PPR league and Henry does get knocked because of the lack of pass catching, but uh, you know, he was putting up 25 PPR points a game last year or 24 before he got hurt. So he certainly does have the upside. Uh, we saw another bit of a curveball at pick 1.6 with Najee Harris, but I'm on board with that. Um, so Austin Eckler doesn't go till 1.7 to Dan Adams. Uh, so we're moving along here in the first round. Um, Ryan, you just got done with the turn at pick 112 and 2.1. So what were your thoughts on the turn there and how'd you approach the strategy? Yeah, I'm going robust RB for once. This is out wow. of character for me, but I, I'm sitting there at the turn and I see both Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift, uh, two players that graded out extremely well in the juggernaut process that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So it's hard to say no to that especially in sort of like a more normal redraft as opposed to a lot of the best balls that I've been drafting recently, you can kind of expect that more wide receivers are going to fall a little later. So I don't think I'll have any trouble filling that position in. So happy to start running back, running back. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I don't know what to say to this, Ryan. So I'm, I'm interested to see how you build out the rest of your receiving core for sure. Um, first round went pretty standard here. We got uh, Travis Kelsey sneaking in at one uh, 1.11. I think that's a pretty fair spot for him. Um, does anyone see any big fallers here? Anything that surprises them in the first round? Or is this pretty standard for you all? Oh, I love Dalvin Cook and at the end of the first round. They have the 12th pick overall. That's a steal. Yeah, I mean, he... Obviously, it's scary anytime that you're drafting a running back in the first round that is over age 25 or so. But 
that Minnesota offense could be revamped this year with the new system. It there is a lot of upside with Dalvin Cook, even even if we're worried about the chronic shoulder injuries and everything else that you can nitpick about him. No, I completely agree. And again, I love that you mentioned the our, the robust RB there, and then you got two great ones there at the turn. I, you can make an argument for Swift going at the first round. You know, as early as ten, easily, I think, and uh, to get him in the, the kick off the second, that's just an absolute coup there. All right, Mario, uh, you have made your second pick. Uh, you start out with Derrick Henry. Uh, tell us about your thoughts here, um, 2.8 in the second round. Yeah, I went with Debo. I want to keep the theme of five-letter first names that begin with D. Um, but I wanted to diversify. I definitely want to get a wide receiver here. Debo was, I believe, the second-best wide receiver last year. From what I'm hearing in camp, he's still the number one guy. He just got paid in the offseason, and Trey Lance needs someone to throw to. So I just feel like this is just going to be the target in San Fran. Happy to get him here. Yeah, and um, I, I picked right after you, 2.9. I took T. Higgins to pair with Cooper Cup. So um, I saw you all drafting all these running backs. I figured I'd get us a, a zero RB start here. So um, <laughs> I've started off Cooper Cup and T. Higgins. I've got another pick coming up here pretty soon. Um, but, uh, Drew, you've continued the trend. You're going running back heavy, and you're actually on the clock here. So um, okay. uh, maybe I'll stall a little bit more while you make this pick. But Drew has started out with Christian McCaffrey and Devontae uh, Williams. I was hoping to get Pitts there. He's gone. Oh, well. Um, we'll, we'll go with uh, my next, uh, next in queue, uh, Mike Evans. So I think he's going to see a ton of targets, especially the start of the season as uh, Godwin rounds into form. Uh, every year, Mike Evans is drafted too low, and uh, I'm not going to make that mistake here. I'll take him at the uh, top end of the third as my wide receiver one. Yeah, that's a good range for Evans. I think we said it just a few weeks ago on the podcast. Uh, when he falls into the third round, I really like that a lot. So, um, Ryan, you don't have any picks coming up super soon here. Um, give me some thoughts, just what you've seen overall here, um, the trend, uh, any players that are falling that you're looking to draft, or just anything you notice here overall. Uh, I will say that the player falling that surprises me a little bit right now is Leonard Fournette. Uh, I Oh, who's I, that? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, Eric just took him, and he, I mean, he absolutely should have. I, so, Eric, I really thought you were going to go zero RB. Like that, that was kind of why I went running back, running back, wanted to have somebody not go zero RB on this podcast for once, but you, you, you apparently had it covered just taking Fournette as he falls into the third round, which I I've got to say, I, I think it's a sharp move. Like every, people are afraid of Fournette. They think he's fat. Like the, this is, it's all narrative <laughs> with Fournette. I, I don't think that he's all that different of a bet than somebody like Dalvin cook uh, for Fournette ran a ton of routes last year. The Bucks surpass heavy every year. He seems to have that role locked down. So I totally endorse it. Yeah. And that was definitely the end of, I mean, it's getting on the end of a tier of running backs there with Fournette. Uh, I mean, I think most of the things that people are picking out about Fournette's been an issue his whole career. I mean, we've always kind of, uh, I don't know, at times we he's been a little overweight. Uh, sometimes we've wondered just how talented of overall rusher he is. But if he's catching five or six balls a game from Tom Brady, I'm, I'm just fine with that. So I do like my Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Leonard Fournette start. I think I can go about any way I want from here. Uh, I imagine I'm going to draft a bunch of wide receivers, though. But um, it's good to have the RB1 locked up. Uh, Mario, you went right after me. You now have Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Debo Samuel. So um, how do you feel about this start here? Were you hoping for Fournette or do you like Elliott? I was, my mouth was salivating that I was about to get Fournette in the third, especially in like that middle third. And then it was mentioned and then he was taken. So I could feel just my heart. It's round three and I'm already getting my heart broken. So it's going to be a long draft, but I'm happy to take Zeke. I feel like he's been just getting disrespected. Uh, you know, he did finish 10th last year. That's in standard scoring. I can't remember his PPR finish, but, you know, and he's still the guy. Jerry Jones is not going to let his money go to waste. Like he's the kind of owner that's going to be involved. That's going to make sure he gets his, um, even though we had his rough start last year with Zeke. And I kind of expect that to happen again because they're playing the Buccaneers game one, if I remember correctly. They, um, they have a good defense, the Buccaneers. So I think he's going to be one of those. Zeke's going to do well. If you're going to do poorly in that first game. So maybe you can kind of send a message, a trade request to whoever his owner is and, you know, keep an eye on that. Yeah. And I do think the hate's gone a little far with Zeke. I mean, I know he's losing some uh, efficiency metrics here, but it is still a lot of volume. I, I, I am pretty down on, uh, I've been optimistic about the Cowboys all off season, but this Tyron Smith injury is a real downer. Yeah. Uh, that was just right off the bat. 
uh, torn hamstring, I believe. It's like, man, we mm-hmm. could have at least got a few weeks out of him before that hits. So that does get me a little worried about the Cowboys. But um, we've seen a lot of production from Zeke in the past. And I mean, right around him, right after him went Cam Akers. And then we haven't had a running back pick for about seven picks since then. So um, that's pretty clearly the end of the tier there. So like, like I said, Drew started out Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, and Mike Evans. I started Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, and Leonard Fournette. And Mario started Derrick Henry, Devo Samuel, and Ezekiel Elliott. So just kind of an idea on some different combinations you can get in the first three rounds. And we've actually three tight ends have gone with Pitts, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, we just got our first quarterback taken. Ryan, What? who are you down there? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I said earlier this week on this very podcast that I wasn't drafting Josh Allen at his ADP. But hey, he <laughs> fell past his ADP. What do you want me to do? I'll take Josh Allen on the three, four turn that that's completely fine with me. And I'll be honest. Most of it was, I was just absolutely tilting my face off watching every single wide receiver go off the board that I would have been willing to draft. Uh, I really wanted AJ Brown. Dan Adams took him. I'm literally wearing an AJ Brown Jersey as we speak. Really thought that that might give me some luck and have him fall to me, but didn't work out. Uh, and then I was prepared to take DJ Moore, yeah. and he and went. One it wasn't meant to me. be. Uh, he missed out on Waddle, missed out on Deontay, missed out on DJ Moore. Uh, that was a pretty big run of receivers before Ryan. Took there. I, I I feel better about DJ Moore not falling to me in the fourth. If you if I knew you were going to be taking him immediately afterwards, I love DJ Moore this year. Absolutely love him. Yeah, and Ryan, so you took Jerry Judy with your fourth pick. Uh, have you kind of swung back to Judy um, over Sutton? Where are you standing on those Broncos wide receivers? I have. I am Judy over Sutton now. When you just look at their targets per route run, yards per reception, Judy has just outperformed Sutton on all of them as of late. Yes, Sutton was coming off the ACL injury last year. That could have affected his ability to earn targets. Um, But I'm sticking with Judy. I definitely want to make a bet on at least one of them in pretty much every draft. You should be leaving with one or the other. I think it's a pretty similar situation to the Rams last year if you're the one that drafts Robert Woods like you're pretty mad at the end of the year but it it was still the correct bet to make early yeah speaking of mad uh Mario you just sniped me pick before me uh Mike Williams I think that's a really nice value on Mike Williams at 4.8 so uh what do you think about Mike Williams this year Eric, can I tell you, uh, that's just the perfect example of hurt people hurting people because I wanted Sutton, who was taken right before me, so I had to lash out at you. But I'm happy to get Mike Williams. I mean, we know that the Chargers offense is just going to be electric this year. A little bit of a pun there. Uh, we know we kind of expect Herbert to take that big leap. You know, Williams had his big shine early in the season last year. I think he can kind of get back to that finish. Definitely inconsistent, but I feel like there's just new energy in that building. So I'm liking him here. And the end of the fourth. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about how we felt like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were pretty close together for fantasy purposes. And you got him uh, a little over around after Keenan Allen in this draft. So I think that's a really nice value on Mike Williams there. Um, so, you now you have Mike Williams and Debo to go along with Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, a lot of touchdown potential in that group, I would say. So uh, my third receiver, I took right after Mike Williams. Uh, maybe my first uh, mini mistake in the draft. I'll be curious what you all think about this, but I, I doubled up on Rams receivers. So I, I, I drafted Allen Robinson. I've been wanting to get in on Allen Robinson as the offseason goes on. I really like what I'm hearing about him. Not sure how I feel about drafting him to go along with Cooper Cup. Um, Ryan, you're down at the end of, other end of the draft board here. Is that something you would take in mind in a non-best ball draft like drafting Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson or that is that too many Rams or you just take best player available yeah if it's not best ball I don't think it super matters like you are capping your ceiling on a week-to-week basis but that that's not that big of a deal uh in just a normal managed league where you only need to beat one other person and you're not going for a 90th percentile outcome every single week so I I'm totally fine with that yeah they're negatively correlated but that's not the worst thing ever in a normal managed league. Yep. Like I said, though, I, I, I like that spot for Robinson. Um, I, I think he's getting towards the last of a tier at receiver here. So I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, so pairing him with cup, we'll see. Obviously I would like to have separated them, but um, I do like it overall. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just keep drafting receivers here. Um, I'm going to take Chris Godwin uh, at this point. I've already got three wide receivers, so I don't really need Godwin to jump in and start day one for me. Uh, so I think that's a nice combo. Again, I got another buck, so I guess this is a Rams and Bucks heavy team for me. But um, I'll take a Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Allen Robinson, and Chris Godwin wide receiver group anytime. So 
Um, Drew, let's catch up. Uh, what did you do in the fourth and fifth round here? Let's round up your team. So towards the end of the fourth there, I was looking, uh, I was hoping that Court and Sutton would, or uh, uh, DJ Moore would fall to me. Both of them were gone. Uh, and then at that point, I just looked, took value. Uh, I had Brees Hall, uh, next guy on my board. Uh, kind of a little bit of nice little pick there. Uh, Sammy, Alzado, Esedo, and I were at the draft, and we both had a chance to uh, be in the same room with Brees and interview him during the uh, pre-draft, uh, right after he was taken in the second round. Uh, so it's kind of cool to be able to draft him uh, after after uh, being in an interview, which is kind of nice. Um, and I, I really love him as an RB3 flex option. Uh, I think his ceiling is super high. I think it's arguably as high as Javante Williams, who I took in the second. Um, I think between those two, the, between McCaffrey, Williams, and Hall, I don't have to worry about running back for the rest of this draft. I could just pound receiver value um, uh, and, and take who's there. There's a lot of receivers I like uh, that are becoming my way, uh, and I know at least uh, two or three of them are going to fall to me at the 6-7 turn. So I, I think I'm going to like how it turns out. We'll have to see. When I look at your team, it reminds me of a tweet I saw that said, uh, some of y'all are drafting zero RB and don't even know it. And that's what I think when I see your team in the best way, just because I feel like there is all that upside. But uh, like just in my mind, just like playing devil's advocate, we have the Jets running back. We have Christian McCaffrey, who I hope he stays healthy, but we don't know. And then personally, I'm not sold on Williams. I know he's supposed to like be the guy, but I'm still worried about a split with Gordon, like where he's not going to be where he's going for. So I just, I just needed to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm all in on Williams this year. I was actually when I, at the fantasy football expo uh, and I was talking with Howard Bender from Sirius XM about him and he's hundred percent in on Javante as well uh, and sees, uh, sees Williams as a much better fit in that offense. Um, uh, you know, and I, I agree. And uh, you know, when more, when Melvin Gordon himself is telling you Javante is the guy I mean, that's good enough for me. So uh, I, I, I'm, I have zero concerns about Williams uh, at, as an RB2. I love Hall as an RB3. Uh, kind of doing hero wide receiver really here with Evans as my w wide receiver one uh, and then kind of seeing what the value that falls there. So um, I did take Waller uh, as the, in the uh, 502 uh, instead of going uh, for a second wide receiver. I, I felt like he was the last of that tier, if you will, for tight ends. Mm -hmm. I, I really like him and that I think with – with uh, Devontae Adams there, Renfro, I think there's going to be a lot of um, opportunities there for Waller to just crush it in the middle of the field, especially in the red zone. I think he's going to have a big year. Yep. All right, we'll keep an eye on your receiver build, see how you catch up on those here in a few picks. Um, Mario, you ended up taking Justin Herbert. We had a little quarterback run here in the fifth round. Uh, I actually got kicked off by Lamar Jackson, Then you took Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes goes next. Um, so you're taking Herbert above Mahomes. Does that mean Herbert is your QB2 on your board behind Josh Allen? Herbert is my QB2, and I did just get Mike Williams before him. So I did want to get a little bit of a stack. Yeah. I like getting a little bit of that, a little bit of just another incentive to watch the Chargers, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. But I do think Herbert's going to be the second quarterback. I think he has just enough. I think Mahomes has kind of stepped away from using his legs as much as he does or as he did. I think Herbert is kind of shifting towards doing so, um, and he's got an absolute cannon. So I think everybody's going to be firing on that Chargers offense. So I love Herbert here in the fifth. Yeah, no that's a fun thing. stack. So Ryan, do you have any regrets here picking uh, Allen where you did? Would you have waited another round? Or um, I guess you probably missed out on this run of quarterbacks regardless of how you handled that, huh? Yeah, it's not as if I was going to be able to get Herbert or Mahomes anyway. Yeah, I, I don't hate taking Allen there. Um, obviously, I probably would have preferred Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts, both of which were available uh, during my last two picks. But you know what? It It's totally fine. Uh, I ended up going with Juju Smith-Schuster and Elijah Moore at the 5-6 turn. Uh, Juju is a player that is super misranked on a lot of sites, I've noticed. Uh, like on underdog in paid leagues, he is going right, right around the end of round four. Uh, he's ranked well into round five round six on most of these sites so that's somebody that i think you can grab and feel pretty good about um he has obviously has not been nearly as efficient uh, since his sophomore year but he's always commanded targets we can write off his struggles on big ben i think and he could be awesome with pat mahomes so happy to get him there at value yeah so after starting two running backs and a quarterback you've you've hit jerry judy Juju Smith-Schuster and Elijah Moore. I think that's a really nice stretch there, actually. Um, does that give you any uh, any pause going zero, zero RB going forward? Are you converted now? You like this wide receiver group? 
I do like this wide receiver group, but the thing is if I go zero RB or hero RB, I can have an even better wide receiver group. Like if, if I add Stefan Diggs or Devonte Adams to that wide receiver group, I'm still pretty happy. So I, I don't think I'm converted into robust RB. It was just a very specific circumstance with Dalvin cook falling where I felt like it made sense. Yeah, it looks like Estevao's our, our biggest zero RB drafter this draft, unless I'm missing someone here. He got David Montgomery in the fifth round, 5.11 as his RB1. Uh, he's got a Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Brandon Cooks lineup. So that's that's a pretty strong one. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's looking like a good draft so far. Uh, Drew, you just took a player I almost took with my last pick. Um, you went Jalen Hurts. I, that's an awesome value on Hurts right there. You're getting him two rounds later than a lot of the quarterbacks that I think in the same tier. So uh, you did a little stack as well. So tell me about your last couple of picks. Yeah, I, I'm happy with how that turned out. So I was looking at wide receiver value. I, my board was Smith, Gabe Davis. Uh, and uh, I took Smith, Gabe Davis went with the very next pick. So at that point, uh, Jalen Hurts sitting there, that's just to me scream value. Uh, and that's what I'm looking to do here in the middle rounds is just take best players whenever I can. Um, I'll take uh, Hertz in the seventh, uh, you know, as the, was it the QB seven off the board? And uh, I love it. I think he's got QB one, two in his range of outcomes. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier to at a podcast about the uh, earlier in a different podcast about the Eagles and uh, how they kind of showed their hand at the beginning of last year. They want, they came out firing, wanting to pass the football. They just didn't have the personnel to do it. And Ryan rocking that AJ Brown Jersey, uh, you know, and I love Devonte Smith coming in. He set the franchise record for most receiving yards in a season by a, a play by a receiver, uh, by wide receiver. And uh, in uh, talking about a franchise that's been around since 1933. So um, pairing Hertz and Smith there, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that value. And uh, just kind of hoping that a few other receivers I have that I'm higher on the consensus. I'm hoping they kind of still there for me at the eight, nine turn. Yeah, so part of my consideration, uh, I was coming back, uh, pick 6.9 before you got Hurts. Um, I had one running back, four receivers. I was looking at Hurts. I wanted to draft him there. Um, I was kind of maybe gambling a little bit that he'd fall back to me. So I took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 6.9. Uh, I have not been drafting a lot this offseason, but I got him after Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, David Montgomery, like two full rounds after J.K. Dobbins. I, I think that's a pretty decent value on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I know that we've got uh, Pacheco coming for his job, but I, I still think he's going to be involved. But kind of part of my calculus was could I get Edwards-Hilaire there and take uh, Jalen Hurts on the way back, or do I take Jalen Hurts and see what running back is on the way back? So – um, I don't know. Maybe in retrospect, I take Hertz there and try to see if Edwards Lair falls. But I ended up getting Brian, Brandon Ayuk on the way back in the seventh round. So I'm doing my pretty standard uh, all running backs, all receivers draft here. So I've already got five receivers and two running backs through seven rounds. Uh, I just think the more shots at home run swings that you can take here in these drafts, you should. Ayuk could really mesh well with Trey Lance. If this offense happens the way that we hope it will happen, uh, he could be in a blow-up spot here. So I'll take him in the seventh round and see if that happens. And again, if it doesn't, he's my fifth round or my fifth wide receiver overall. So I feel pretty good with a Fournette and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire start and more receivers than I know what to do with. So um, right after Ayuk, uh, Mario, you took Alan Lazard, and I think we missed another pick of yours too. So catch us up on what you're thinking of this draft so far. Yeah, so I got Alan Lazard there. Um, with my most recent pick. And then before that, I took uh, Amari Cooper. With my thoughts with these two picks, uh, I would just want to take the best wide, the wide receiver one on these teams. I know Cleveland's going to have a little bit of who's throwing the ball, um, but I think Amari Cooper has kind of shown in Dallas that he is like, he can be that true one. Um, and so I'm also thinking, I guess I'd have to see how Baker Mayfield's quarterback uh, wide receiver one numbers were last year, like whoever he was throwing to, but I feel like it's going to be about on par with that. I'd, and then the second half of the season, I'm thinking Coop, uh, playoff time for fantasy. Cooper can really shine and be my ace in the hole. And then my most recent pick right after your Ayuk pick was Alan Lazard. I will say, I think this may be a little bit above his ADP, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, is MVP of the last two years. You know, Adams is gone. Somebody needs to get all of that volume. From what I'm hearing, Lazard is going to be the number one. I know it could be um, a rookie who I'm forgetting his name, but I've I really wanted to make sure he was on the board. I didn't want to have any regrets with Lazard. He's someone I've kind of been targeting this this year a lot. Yeah, and he's one that I was probably pretty down on him early in the offseason, but we've made it so far through the offseason now, and nobody has challenged like for the wide receiver one job in Green nobody. Bay. Yeah, like there's just, I mean, Romeo Dubes is getting some positive buzz, but like then Aaron Rodgers shoots him down the next day. I Watson hasn't really even been <laughs> practicing. Like 
Lazard, I think, is our best bet that he's going to be on the field. Uh, he's going to be on the field. He, they, they trust him. And I, I think he could be a little bit underrated here. So he's someone I've had to reconsider as the offseason goes on. Trust, such a big word there. He's someone that I really think Aaron will trust at throwing the ball. And we've kind of seen, you know, in those Brady uh, eras when he had just like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, where it's like you don't have to be like a true number one. Yes, it helps when you have Randy Moss. He'll definitely get his. But, you know, you can make anybody a pretty legitimate threat and wide receiver. Um, oh, and I'm actually right. about to pick now so I can actually talk about mine. So here I'm going to take uh, Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, on my sheets, like he's going around like round six. I'm able to get him here towards the end of the eighth. I'm pretty happy. I know he's definitely not in that same breath of air as the Kelsey's, the Andrews, the Pitts, but I kind of have him in the same realm as TJ Hawkinson, who just went at seven, eight. So I'm happy to get him Goddard here. All right. And I am on the clock as well. Um, you know, I'm going to try to pivot to uh, maybe the minor mistake I made earlier of drafting too many Rams receivers. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Matthew Stafford a couple spots ahead of ADP here, but I'm just going to make sure I have this Ram stack. So if they go nuclear this year in the passing game, hey, I've got it covered. So if I'm going to go ahead and load up on Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, let's get Matthew Stafford on board too. I took him over a couple players I have ranked ahead of him, like Brady. Um, but, you know, I don't think I'm reaching too far there. And, hey, it's a mock draft. So let's go Let's go Rams this year until the Super Bowl, I guess. Right? That's <laughs> if I would have just joined this draft and saw your team, I'm like, this guy's a huge L.A. fan. Like, this guy hopped on the bandwagon last year. Like, there's no doubt. <laughs> no, just watch my Bengals get beat by them. That's all. So, all right, we're making some picks down here. Um, I'm going to give the people on the clock a second to breathe because we got 30-second pick timers here. This is, uh, this is intense. So, Ryan, um, catch us up on your picks down there at the turn. And then just kind of look at over this draft board and let me know like what you think about where drafts are at this time of the year compared to maybe where they were a month or two ago. Yeah. So on this turn, I was just trying to fill my flex with a couple of good options. So I went with Hunter Renfro and Chase Edmonds. Edmonds is another player that is being drafted much higher in the higher stakes leagues than in the more casual leagues. So he's another easy recommend. Uh, I will say that I am super angry once again that I drafted Josh Allen in the third round because I could have had Trey Lance or Russell Wilson there, and that would have been way better. I I think I really prefer Trey Lance, Russell Wilson in round eight to Allen in round three. So it, even if you think that it's a good idea to take the falling elite quarterback, at, don't do it. You will regret it afterwards. Um, and the only other thing I want to shout out is that Damian Pierce did just go in round eight in this draft. So if you're wondering how high is too high, how high he's going to go in your home leagues, apparently the conversation starts with round eight after that preseason performance he just had. Yeah, I am actually doing a late dynasty rookie draft right now. And he went, I think, pick six in the first round. Um, I got Traylon Burks after him. Uh, Rashad White went after him. Garrett Wilson went after him. So the Damian Pierce hype is getting pretty out of control. Uh, Man, he's always been the one I've wanted to see win that backfield. But it feels like when the Texans hype starts, it's maybe time in the preseason. (laughs) We should all take a step back. So do we have any Damian Pierce uh, truthers on this podcast here? Anyone want to defend him? I don't I'm not opposed to the pick. I'm just not quite ready to jump in. with. No, no. And honestly, I think round eight is probably fair value for considering the opportunity he has. But I've, I've heard of him going in the sixth round and I just can't endorse that at all. I just, it's way too soon. He's an early down back. He's not cut out to be, you know, a PPR back receiving back at all. Um, so he's, he's not playing a role that would be fruitful in a team like the Texans that can be playing from behind a lot. He's just not cut out for it. His uh, limited agility, lateral agility. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to bounce it outside and break it for a big run. So I just, I just can't see a big upside in that offense. Uh, um, you know, I, th- I think we're, we're a little bit out of control. I completely agree on Damian Pierce. Yeah. And I don't mind him in the eighth round. I mean, I think that's okay. Um, that's Dustin Ludke took him. Um, I actually like the team he's building here. Uh, he's got Alvin Kamara, AJ Dillon, and then Pierce as his third running back. So like, I, I get it as a third running back, give you a little bit of an upside shot. So um, I just, I think the rookie draft prices are a little insane right now. If you're drafting him over a, a rookie wide receiver that went in the top 10 or whatever, I, I think that might be a little bit of a mistake, but we will see. Um, Mario, I think we have missed out on your picks here for a little bit. So catch us up to speed, uh, your picks and just kind of what you're thinking in this draft. Yep. So I just picked up, uh, Damian Harris. Uh, you know, I know there's been a little back and forth about who's going to be the guy in new England, him or Ramondre, but I mean, Harris was the one that got all the touchdowns last year. I know Mac Jones is Jack now. I know he really hit the gym in the off season, but I still just don't trust 
that there's going to be a lot of passing touchdowns. I feel like they're going to get to the red zone, and it's either going to be Nick Folk, the Folk Heroes show, or I'm hoping Harris can kind of just do a little bit of a repeat of last year. I imagine there's going to be some touchdown regression, but again, this felt like a good spot to take him to get my third running back. Yeah, it feels like we've come full circle on the Pats backfield. We've had every rumor imaginable from this backfield. So <laughs> I think we're probably headed right back for that committee again. And if that's the case, I mean, Harris had a pretty valuable role last year. Uh, Mario, I-, I get the sense that you're more of a standard league guy anyway, aren't you? I am. I am definitely more of a standard league guy. Maybe my Derrick Henry at the fifth pick and a PPR, maybe that gave it away. Um, you know, I just started fantasy when standard was the default. And I just, as I'm sure most people here did, but I can't, you know, I, the, the scores are just too high. Like when I see the 120s is like every single week, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I want to get in that 90 to 100 range. Like, you know, I'm yeah. shaking my fist at the clouds. Like, that's the way I do it. <laughs> well, touchdowns are still valuable in PPR leagues. So yeah, I think you'll be that's all right. <laughs> Give me some Zach Crockett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So after my Stafford pick, um, I ended up getting Miles Sanders in the ninth round, which uh, they're saying positive things about Sanders as the lead back still. Um, I've been drafting a lot of Kenny Gainwell, but Sanders appears to be the lead back. He's got an injury, but um, as long as he's on track to play week one or two relatively early, I just think there's a ton of upside in this Eagles backfield. So whether it's Sanders, whether it's Gainwell, I, I kind of tend to be drafting one of these guys in most drafts and I'll gladly take Sanders, you know, uh, three rounds after Elijah Mitchell, uh, a couple rounds after Tony Pollard. Like, I, I think it's a really good value where Sanders is starting to go. So Drew, are you, um, you know, you're the resident Eagles fan. What do you think about Sanders? Are you still on board with them or are you scared off this off season? Uh, well, I love him in the ninth round. I think it's a great value. So, I mean, he's, he per touch, he's as efficient as anybody else in the league. And that's the thing is that uh, we forget just how good he is. So he had zero touchdowns last year. Uh, that's not happening again. Um, and it's just, it was strange to me to see Kenny Gainwell be used in goal line situations. Yeah. Uh, and Sanders not. I just I didn't quite get that because uh, Sanders just has a build for it. He's just seems to be better built for that. So I think rookie head coach kind of feeling his way. I kind of feel like uh, Sanders is due for a bounce back. I, I can't I can't I can't see another flat season like the like the last one. I, th- I think uh, I think in the ninth round, it's it's as good of a value as you can ask for in the running back position. Although I really, really like uh, Kenneth Walker in the 10th as well. That was that. I really, really like that from uh, our, our buddy, Mr. Maximo. There, yeah. uh, that's the Doak Walker, the Doak Walker Award winner. Uh, you know, a, ter- a terrific runner. Uh, to be going that late in the draft, that's that's just a really nice value there as well. Yep, he does have a little bit of a surgery issue. He's, he's coming off of, but as long as he's not out long, it's a long yeah, season. So it is a long season. That's right, and it's Richard Penny, so we all know his track record for staying healthy. <laughs> Yeah. I just took my fourth running back with Devin Singletary. I'm I'm apparently collecting all the running backs that have hurt people in the past. I've got Fournette, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, Miles Sanders, and Devin Singletary. But um, I think Sanders and Singletary, ninth and 10th round is just a really nice value. Two awesome offenses. And Singletary is going to hold off these running backs behind him for a little while anyway. So I'll take that early season uh, stretch of games from Singletary and maybe he keeps playing well and holds them off. So um, that gives me uh, five receivers with Cup Higgins, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, and then the, the running backs that I just mentioned with just one quarterback. And I don't have a tight end, but we don't need to draft tight ends. Uh, I've talked about that all offseason, so I'm going <laughs> to hold strong on that one. Um, so, Ryan, uh, we missed a couple picks of yours back on the turn. Uh, you were a part of a big running back run here. So tell me kind of about those running backs in that range and who you ended up with. I was so James Cook went one pick before me uh, so that that was pretty tilting we know how I feel about James Cook on this podcast uh, but I did end up with Melvin Gordon and Rashad White uh, so personally when I am betting on running backs that are in ambiguous backfields r- really number one rule for me is the offense has to be pretty good uh, unless unless they're a three down back and they're going to get it done through the air. Uh, I'm just not really interested in like the Damian Pierce, Rashad Penny, Ken Walker types. Uh, I I would just prefer the offenses I know are going to be elite so that if the contingent upside of a Melvin Gordon does hit or of a Rashad White does hit, then you know that they are actually an every week starter. That And I think that's especially important in managed leagues over best ball because you, you aren't going to be putting them into your, even if it's Damian Pierce or Rashad Penny is the starter, you know, he's going to get 60% of the carries. Like, are you really that excited to put him in your lineup when they're 
underdogs by 10 points like and that's going to happen in seattle and houston this year yep um all right drew you got to talk about your pick here i'm just going to give it right to you <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm just uh i gave i'm holding a a, a metal bat in a in a baseball field in the middle of a, of a thunderstorm right here with the <laughs> taking the pacheco in the 11th round there but i figured at this point i got i had rondell moore the previous round, the end of the 10th, who I'm really high on, much higher than consensus on Rondell. I really, I really like him for a breakout this year. I think he's a good fit in that offense. Um, I, I like Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray this year. He's close to 70% completion percentage. Um, he's uh, I really like what he could do there without uh, Hopkins. It's a chance to really establish himself. Yep. So I kind of feel like I got some nice upside plays there with Claypool Moore and Sky Moore and Rondell Moore. So I kind of feel comfortable with, with five receivers that I have. Why not take a swing at upside in the 11th round? So Pacheco uh, should have a role. We don't know what that role is going to be. Uh, we've seen lesser running backs in Kansas City be productive in in roles, you know, in in late rounds with the with, with the Williamses and so forth. And it, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire falls flat again, Pacheco is definitely well uh, positioned uh, to really capitalize. And that's you're talking about an offense run by. Uh, Andy Reid, who uh, has a long history of uh, making uh, fantasy studs out of uh, running backs. So uh, why not in the 11th round? Yeah, I mean, this is about the range where I think it's okay. I mean, we just had Michael Carter go. Um, you know, Tyler Algier is gone. Uh, you know, so I, I mean, I think at this point of the draft, if you're talking 11th round, anyone with some upside, yeah, you can make the argument for here. So um, I, as the host of this podcast, am not paying attention to the teams I'm drafting here. So I got another Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> wide receiver. Um, I got Russell Gage here in the 11th round. I know his injury situation's a little up in the air. Like we haven't had a lot of clarity on when he's going to return. Uh, it doesn't sound like the leg injury is real serious. And I kind of feel like we've all started hating on Gage maybe too much at this point. I mean, you know, Julio went ahead of Russell Gage in this draft, and I personally do not Crazy. trust Julio to stay on the field. And I know Gage is not exactly uh, an alpha receiver out there, but if we got Godwin struggling to come back a little bit, Evans with his typical bumps and bruises, like I just don't see how Tom Brady's not going to be finding Russell Gage multiple times a game. So I, I think in a PPR league, Gage is he's kind of a, a nice later round pick, kind of like the reason I like Jacoby Myers. I think uh, Gage is he, he's got more competition for sure. Um, but he's kind of in that range of player that I like to take later on and get a little uh, safety in PPR leagues. So, um, yeah, Mario, you want to catch us up? Uh, you don't have to go through every pick now, just kind of how you're feeling about your team. I mean, maybe the last pick you made, what you're thinking about yeah. this draft. No, so the last pick I made, I, I was I engaged. And again, uh, just getting hurt left <laughs> and right in this draft. So I took Madison, uh, Alexander Madison, one of the most fun names to say in all of fantasy, but also uh, Dalvin, uh, this Alexander Madison has proven that he can be the guy in any time he needs to step up in that handcuff role. So grabbing him in the 11th, I kind of weighed my options between the wide receivers still on the board. Nobody I really liked. I feel like we'll still, everyone I like, I feel like they'll, they'll still be here when I have to pick again in, you know, 10 or so picks. So I want to just kind of get one of the best handcuffs there is because there's no better feeling than, you know, obviously we don't root for injuries, but if you just get a running back one in the 11th round, I mean, yeah. That's how you win leagues. Yeah. All right. And you're on the clock, Mario. Um, Ryan, give us some big picture takeaways here. Um, catch us up on your team. Uh, stall while we all make our picks. <laughs> hey, that's what I do best, Eric. So big sort of picture. Um, I am starting to regret going running back, running back in the first uh, because there are just so many running backs you can get late that have a shot at real every week upside. Like I just added Daryl Henderson uh, in the 12th round. Like that, that's an insane ADP. He could be in a 50, 50 split with acres to start the year. And we, <laughs> we know that the history of players coming back from Achilles isn't great. There's just so much upside in that LA offense. So I really wish that I had an elite receiver right now. Uh, my re receiver room is look at, I, I like the players I have, but it's only four deep right now. It's a little bit thin if I will have to start flexing a receiver if any of them go down. And there, there's just not a whole lot of receivers to pick through later in drafts, unlike at the running back position. I mean, when you guys are trying to talk yourselves into Russell Gage, like I think that kind of tells the whole story <laughs> that if you're looking for wide receiver production this late, you're not likely to find it, especially in managed leagues where you don't know uh, when the guy is going to 
catch two balls for 80 yards and a touchdown. Like you're, you're almost never capitalizing off of those type of performances from these later round wide receivers that have these peripheral roles. So that it's just kind of tough. And that's really the thesis of why I don't like drafting too many running backs early because there's so many late, the opportunity cost is just so high. Yep. And this league is a perfect example of the reason you should, um, if you're in a league that you've drafted in before, look back at the past history of your drafts and see how people draft certain positions. Because uh, we're looking at the quarterback position here. Um, We've got a lot of people who believe in waiting on QB and not drafting two of them. So we're in the 13th round here. We've still got Tom Brady available. Like it's insane, the quarterbacks that are on the board. (laughs) And the reason is because everyone has a quarterback except for Dan Adams and no one is going to draft their second early on. So uh, everyone's filled up their spot other than Dan, who's wisely just waiting and grabbing up all the other players. But um, this is where knowing your league can really be huge because you know, if I would have been paying better attention and I would have seen when I took Matthew Stafford that nobody else needs a quarterback, like I, I could have just waited for five rounds. I could have taken, a, you know, Kareem Hunt or, um, you know, whoever in that range there, Chase Claypool, Sky Moore. So if you're in a, in a league that you've drafted in before, I would strongly encourage you to look back at past drafts see how they draft the tight ends, see how they draft the quarterbacks, because you can save yourself a whole bunch of value. I'm really curious to see if Dan Adams is going to take a quarterback here coming up, or if he just also realizes that everyone has their quarterback and he can just wait till the last round. So that's a start, smart strategy to play here if you can. Um, Mario, you just got through a couple picks here. So um, how are you looking with your team? Yeah, right now I'm kind of just in that handcuff phase. Um, I took another handcuff. I took uh, Jamal Williams out in Detroit. You know, Swift got hurt last year. So uh, one thing I'll try to do sometimes, especially as it gets thin in your position, is I'll just see the other team's handcuffs, right? Like there is absolutely no shame in just having a couple guys like that in the bench. If you're pretty satisfied, if I'm if I feel satisfied with like my wide receivers and like a bench guy or two, my running backs, a bench guy or two. That's when I'll start to look at just other people's handcuffs. I'll pick them up, you know, especially hold them for the first three, four weeks of the season. Um, And it's just like league winners potentially. So I like getting that. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say that uh, Mario over here is drafting the handcuffs to both of the running backs I took in the first two rounds. (laughs) So I I don't know if there's like a targeted slight going on here. I I don't know if you were upset about what I said about Derrick Henry before the show. I don't don't know exactly what's going on here, but I'm on the clock now, so I'm going to shut up and you guys can talk. Ryan, just talking about your team. I did love uh, Dawson Knox going at the end of the 11. Like I'll say in a lot of the mocks I've been doing and even some drafts I've been doing, like he's been going in the eighth and the ninth. So to get him at the end of the 11th and a 12 man just feels like, I mean, I don't know, maybe feel a little worse about my Goddard in the eighth. <laughs> no, I, I have Goddard above, uh, above Knox. I don't, I wouldn't feel bad about that pick at all. I really, I think he's going to You talk about it, an Eagles offense is going to pass a lot. He's he'll, he'll get his. So. But Knox, I think Knox is going to be touchdown dependent, but I, I still think he's going to get a ton of touchdowns. So it's going to, I think it'll work out well for both of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty far down on Knox, but 11th round, end of the 11th yeah. round, Knox, like I'm all on board there. I end up taking Absolutely. Albert O with the ninth pick in the 12th round. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you can wait at tight end if you really want to. Like, look at these names that we got 11th round and later. Irv Smith, I am kind of out on him, but he's got some upside. Cole Komet Ooh, in the like 11th round. Smith. Dawson Knox in the 11th round. Albert O in the 12th. Friermuth in the 13th. Gerald Everett in the 13th like there's still a bunch of names here uh so I don't think you should you should worry if you miss out on a tight end early you got tons of value so Drew I think you got some picks you can catch us up on while I try to pick my kicker here sure after Pacheco I took uh Christian Watson uh, another upside pick if, he, if it starts out in the pup list then I'll just put him on the IR and that means I don't have to draft a kicker and <laughs> I can I'll take one pick one up off the waivers there uh and then I really like Jamison Crowder I think McKenzie uh, there's the consensus is to to win that role, but I'm not I'm not sold. I, I think uh, uh, Crowder's a crafty veteran. I think Cole Beasley thrived in that in a, a certain role in that offense that I think Crowder is tailor made for. Uh, I think he's got uh, uh, more dependable every down hands. I think uh, you know uh, throughout the course of the season, I think we're going to see Crowder playing a very important role in a very high powered offense. So I'm happy to get a piece of that there in the uh, the 13th round. So I'm yeah. on the clock now. Let's see what we got here. I was hoping to get uh, Jamison Williams here, but uh, Sammy uh, took him, unfortunately, in the last round. Um, I thought that would be a good late-round pick. Um, the, I guess I have to get a kicker, don't I? No, I don't. I'll take Paris Campbell. Uh, I, I, I think uh, he, the, if he stays healthy this year, 
Uh, he'll be uh, starting. He'll be playing every down on the other side of Michael Pittman. Uh, I think Michael Pittman's a very talented receiver. I think he's going to draw a lot of attention. I think uh, Campbell here in the 14th round could surprise. Uh, no one questions his talent. It's just his ability to stay on the field that really uh, kind of scares people. So in the 14th round, that risk is built in. So if he's able to stay healthy, get out there. Uh, I, I'm really, really happy with the uh, the risk risk reward proposition there at this point in the draft. Yeah, and I'll give Drew a second to make his last pick here. I do like your strategy here late, Drew, and you're taking some – High upside flyers. I mean, these offenses you're drafting, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City, Arizona, you're going for the big offenses. So I do think that's how we should be doing this at the end of the drafts. Um, I did want to point out, Ryan, I think you got an awesome value on Wandale Robinson at 13-12. I feel like he's one of those players, and if you're drafting online or in person, wherever, I don't think the rankings have quite got him right in the apps yet. Like his ADP is not right or his rankings not right or something because – He's just one of those players you forget is even there until someone drafts him. You're like, really? Wandale Robinson was sitting there? Like, I don't believe necessarily in the size and the profile of him, but we're at the point of the offseason where they're talking about him like he's a starter. And I, I think that's all we need to know at this point is that he's going to be a starter. And pick 13-12, that's a good deal. Yeah, I personally do believe in his profile. His size, he's he's only an inch shorter than Elijah Moore. Come on. Like, I don't think we'd even be having this conversation if Rondale had had a better season last year. Uh, but Wandale was crazy productive in college. The word out of camp is that he's taking some snaps out of the backfield as well. So normally I don't draft wide receivers late in managed leagues, but if I can pretend like Wandale has contingent upside, if Barkley gets injured, then that's good enough for me. He'll, he'll be my wide receiver that I draft in the last round of basically any league. And yeah, because as you said, uh, he's ranked very lowly on most sites. So you're pretty safe to just grab him late and not worry about it. And I think he's one of the better upside guys that you can get. I, it, it is completely possible that, he leads Giants wide receivers in targets this year. Kenny Galladay is washed. Kadarius Tony can't stay healthy. Like that, this is in the range of outcomes for for Robinson. Yeah, uh, yeah. St- Sterling Shepard would like a word from the tub as well. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but to, to your point, I, I really love the pick. I really do. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna uh, be you know all in on uh, Darnell Mooney like uh, like half of uh, the fantasy football world, then there's no reason why we can't love uh, um, Wondell Robinson at that point in the draft for sure. Yeah. Now, minor strategy note here, I always take kicker uh, second to last round because I don't want to have to stream kicker. I'd rather just have a good one. So I got Daniel Carlson. I think the Raiders will score some points. I basically just want kickers on good offenses, hopefully that play in a dome or in good weather. That's all I care about, a kicker. Um, So I got Daniel Carlson. But uh, when I look to defense, I already go into the season planning to stream them. Uh, So one of my favorite defenses to pick late at this point are the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they've got a pretty good shot at a defense anyway. Uh, But you look at their early season schedule at Detroit, Minnesota, at Washington, and Jacksonville. So I can get at least three out of the first four weeks. And, you know, maybe even week two against Minnesota, I'll play them. I don't know. We'll see. But um, it is a new offense. Maybe they struggle a little bit. But I'm really looking at defenses early on. I'm just looking at their schedules. As somebody who's been following the Eagles very closely, I I absolutely love the pick. I thought about taking them where – and I took the Saints instead there. I, I, I almost took the Eagles there, and I kind of wish I did. Um, I, I, that's another example as to why we don't draft, uh, defenses early. You got, you're going to be, you're going to find ones, uh, like the Eagles that are going to be sitting there. Everyone ignores them. Uh, they're not getting drafted generally within the first 12 defenses, but look at what they have along the line. They're one of the best defensive lines in football. The, the linebacking core is probably the best that they, they've had in well over a decade. Uh, and then you have uh, Slay and Bradbury, two all, uh, you know, Pro Bowl caliber uh, corners. I mean, it just sets up so nicely uh, from a fantasy defense perspective. Yep. Man, some other defenses that have nice early schedules. Uh, Denver plays Seattle and Houston. That sounds great to me. Washington is Jacksonville and Detroit. Uh, the Saints get the Falcons week one. Baltimore gets the Jets. Uh, Tennessee gets the Giants. So just some of these defenses you can probably get last round without even trying. Um, I tried to. I wrote up my ultimate draft guide and kind of pointed out defenses you can get after the top five that have some nice early season schedules. So actually the Browns have a really nice schedule. I just don't know what to do with that team right now. But uh, they start out against Carolina, the Jets, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. So uh, that could be some fun for Miles Garrett there. So. Um, we have wrapped up this draft overall, so now we can catch our breath a little bit. Um, Mario, I'll kick it back to you. I don't think we've heard from you in a little bit. Um, what were your thoughts on this draft? Anything you would have done differently now that you can look back on it? 
Man, what would I have done differently? I will say, just going so long between my second and my third running back, I got my se- I got Zeke in the third, and then I drafted my third running back, uh, Damian Harris, in the ninth. Uh, I know Harris, you know, I know he's going to have a little bit of the regression on the touchdowns, so like, I kind of wish maybe I snuck in an earlier running back. But I'm happy with what I got in those middling rounds. I got Lazard, I got Cooper, I got some wide receiver ones. So feeling good about that. But I was interested. I'm glad you brought up like why you took kicker than defense because that I I like going defense kicker, and I was happy to get the Bucks defense. I mean they're going to be playing Atlanta twice. You know Jameis is going to be you know he's still Jameis, so I think that's going to be a good defense for a good chunk of the season. And I was happy to get Folk Hero, uh, Nick Folk for the final one. Yeah, I was going to say you got a arguable top what six kicker anyway in the last round so it worked out just fine for you so he's good every year it seems like so um ryan um i'm 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 glad to see you actually follow through with the kicker and defense i thought you might just skip them so um what do you think about your roster here any thoughts from this draft yeah so i do want to say that normally in a real draft i probably wouldn't bother drafting a defense and a kicker I just like to take a couple of extra running backs that might grow in value before week one comes. As long as you can make roster moves before week one, I think that makes the most sense because it's pretty rare that you're getting much of an advantage over streaming on kicker or defense. Uh, But I I went with the Ravens. They play the AFC East early in the year, so that works out until they play Buffalo in week four. Um, but overall, I'm pretty happy with this draft. Um, it, it is a little heavy on the running backs. Uh, I drafted six total, probably could have done with one more wide receiver early instead of Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Swift. But overall, I like it. Don't really like the Josh Allen super early, but I did get Dawson Knox extremely late, like after Cole Komet and Irv Smith. So I, with the galaxy brain, it, it came in there eventually. We made it work. So I'm pretty happy with the result. Yeah. And mocks are good times to try out a strategy. You never try, see what it feels like to draft a quarterback and then you'll probably never do it in the money league again, but um, <laughs> it's definitely a good, good shot to try out those strategies. So um, let's start up at the top of the draft. So Drew, you were the pick 1.2 overall. Um, what is your favorite pick of the draft? Whether it's an early one, a late one, um, whatever you want here, someone you want to pound the table for and encourage other people to draft. Uh, from my, you mean from my own team there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. From no, your okay. Own team. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, well, well, I love Rondale Moore in the tenth. I thought that was terrific value. I, I, I just I look at uh, you know no uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, for the first six weeks of the season. I think Rondale is an ascending talent. I know people were a little bit disappointed by what he did last year, but I think we're holding him to a standard, an impossible standard that was set by guys like Jamar Chase. You know, rookies that come right in and just light the, the world on fire. Uh, but he quietly had over fifty some receptions. Uh, he's in a high-powered offense. I think he can do a lot. I think where I think where Rondell Moore is going in drafts, and I took him ahead of where he's going. I think he's a ter- he's a terrific value uh, in the mid to late part of your drafts. So I really like that particular value, and also I liked uh, uh, Devonta Smith. We've talked about him before. Uh, I yeah. think he and I love I love Elijah Moore, and I love Devonta Smith. They were two that. Uh, that uh, um, Brian and your process really graded out uh, as uh, sophomore wide receivers that are due for a breakout along with Waddle. Uh, I'm all in all three of those guys. So I was happy to get him and then Hertz coming back uh, to kind of stack both of those guys. I, I'm, I think I'm going to be very happy with how that turns out. Yeah. Ryan, we haven't talked a ton about um, Rondell Moore. Like I know you did a lot of work on sophomore wide receivers um, looking back at their rookie years. I mean, on the one hand, Moore, he didn't have that disaster of a rookie year. We want to avoid from rookie receivers. So that's uh, positive. But I mean, his average average depth of target was like worse than a running backs. So they were just throwing him the ball at the line of scrimmage. So are you kind of more holding that against him or do you see some upside here in Arizona? Yeah. So with Rondell Moore, um, I, so the biggest stat that I look at in my process for predicting sophomore breakouts is yards per team attempt mm-hmm. and Moore did not do very well in that, but I mean, it kind of makes sense, right. With the role he was playing very horizontal, as you said, not really getting down the field much at all. He was basically a gadget player as a rookie. So with more for him to pay off and break out, we need his role to change. We need him to step into the slot and soak up some of that Christian Kirk role that we saw last year. I think that's like the bull's case for him. I just don't love betting on rookie or sorry, betting on sophomores to have these big role changes. So I, there are other sophomore wide receivers. I much prefer more cheaper. I can't knock it too much, but 
that's an area of the draft where I'm mostly drafting running backs. So I can't get too upset about it. Yeah, I, I, I took Pacheco another round later. I kind of felt like he was another one of those. We, we talk about upside guys. I think he's one that that's there. So I, I think I think I know I agree with you as far as it's not typical where you don't see typically don't see a sophomore uh, receiver have his role changed. But I think this the situation is different in this case with with DeAndre Hopkins being gone for the first six weeks with Christian Kirk completely out of the picture. Now, I think it's I think it really I think they're going to. Uh, really give him opportunities to do a lot of things in different spaces in the field. So I think people are uh, a little higher on Zach Ertz than they should be. I think they're a little lower on Rondell Moore than they should be. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. All right. I was up next. I was at pick 1.04. So I, I think probably my best pick was Fournette at 3.04. It was just a nice value there. So I really liked my uh, T Higgins at 2.9. Uh, Fournette at 3.4. That's just a ton of touchdowns right there in back-to-back rounds. Pairing that with Cup, I love that start. Uh, I do actually really like Devin Singletary at 10.9. I know uh, we're worried about James Cook. Uh, Even Zach Moss has been getting a little bit of preseason hype. I wonder how much of that's just them wanting to trade him or, I don't know, boost his value (laughs) a little bit. But maybe it's a three-headed backfield. But I think at 10.9, Singletary just completely took over down the stretch last year. I don't expect that. But uh, I, I think that's a nice bet to make in the Bills offense. And actually, I mean, looking back at my draft, getting Miles Sanders at nine and Devin Singletary at 10, like that feels like an awfully good argument for zero RB, honestly. Like that's that's two number one receivers in really good offenses, we think. And sure, Miles Sanders struggles to stay healthy, but that's why he's a ninth round pick. So um, I probably could have done without Clyde Edwards-Alaire there at 6.9 and just taken Devontae Smith or Gabe Davis or somebody um, loaded up a more receiver, but um, I like how it played out overall. And if again, if, if we can get Sanders and Singletary ninth and tenth round, then just draft all the receivers you can early on. All right, let's get to Mario. It was right after me, pick one point five. I hope I didn't snipe, snipe you on too many here. But uh, what was your favorite <laughs> pick of the draft? Just kind of overall thoughts. Yeah, uh, only a couple, so no bad blood there. Um, so <laughs> just Derek Henry, obviously, is the first round pick. But like, I don't know if people remember when. Um, Vrabel wore the mask and said, please give the ball to Derrick Henry. I'll just say, like, I went out and bought five of them after I saw that. Like, I am such a huge Derrick Henry fan. So, love getting him at 1-5. But, you know, obviously, that's a first-round pick. I really liked getting Lazard. I know I already talked about him a lot. but And maybe I did reach in, like, 7.5. But I really think he's going to be the one that steps into that Adams role. I still feel like Aaron Rodgers is is still on this kind of, like, you know, scorched earth tour where he just doesn't care about anyone but himself. But like, that means he needs to pad his stats. And how will he do that by just forcing the ball to Lazard, who I believe will be his number one. Um, so I'll say that's probably my favorite pick. And then on someone else's pick, I saw Saucy do. I saw he got James Conner at four or five. I absolutely love that. I think Conner's in the same breath of Chubb, Fournette, Zeke. So to get him a full round afterwards, like I, I think that's one of the best picks on here. Yeah, yeah, that's our boy Sammy. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was a nice value for sure. Um, and speaking of Aaron Rodgers, 15th round pick, final round in this draft. So again, if you know how many, uh, if you know your whole league's only going to draft one quarterback, you can wait till the very end and you'll get a good quarterback. But uh, I know Ryan and I have talked a lot on the podcast about uh, just penciling someone in for vacated, vacated targets is uh, not wise. It doesn't always work out like that. But in Green Bay, I mean, it's really like – somebody has to catch passes here. So I do think Lazard is the front runner. And uh, like I said earlier, I'm starting to, he's starting to grow on me. I need to start picking him a little more. So um, Ryan, uh, wrap us up here. Favorite pick of the draft and any other thoughts you got? Yeah, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child. I'm just so in love with (laughs) every single one of these picks. Absolutely no mistakes made whatsoever in this mock draft. Uh, If I have to pick a favorite, it will be Elijah Moore. I got him at the 601. That's probably earlier than you're going to have to draft him in most leagues. Uh, but I knew for a fact he would not make it back to the end of the seventh round. You are he, correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know there were some people that were planning on taking him. Um, but he, when we talk about the process of sophomore wide receivers breaking out, Moore looked great. Uh, he was one of the best wide receivers in a points per game basis uh, when he was playing with Joe Flacco last year. Uh, it sounds like Flacco is starting week one. We could see some really quick booms from Elijah Moore. And I, I just think he's an amazing player. I mean, I, I'm wearing an AJ Brown jersey right now. 
anytime AJ Brown gets asked about Elijah more publicly, all he does is say that Elijah is a better receiver than he is and that he's so amazing. So <laughs> I, I'm going to trust AJ Brown here and be happy that Elijah Moore is going to be on all my rosters this year. Awesome. Um, let's get real quick hitter here. I'm going to go down the line. So I'm going to put you all on the spot, but just looking at the way these first two rounds went, just kind of stick to the first two rounds. But um, is there a certain spot in the draft you all are kind of targeting? It doesn't have to be an exact pick, but just as far as do you want an early pick this year? Do you want a middle round pick late round or late first round pick? Um, Drew, what do you think? What kind of uh, draft slot here fits your strategy the best? Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of an adaptive kind of a drafter myself. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I can kind of get it done really from anywhere. I feel I, I like what Ryan did at the turn. We talked, I talked about that earlier in the, in the podcast that uh, you get to, you can get, you can go on any different way there. You can, oftentimes you can get the digs and lamb. You, in this case, he got the Alvin cook and Swift, which is incredible. Uh, sometimes Kelsey and, uh, you know, a, a Swift or something like that. So there's so many different op- opportunities and then you're going to get value again back at the three, four turns. D- uh, DJ Moore was one pick away from from going there. So that back end of the draft, I think, is attractive to me right now. Just kind of looking at the value of where it lays out. I also like in the front end too. I was one of the things I was looking at with the uh, the, the, uh, the second overall pick was hoping that Pitts would fall because I, I didn't quite happen. But I like the idea of being able to get a Kyle Pitts at the beginning of the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two turns, I really really like this year uh, being on either end of them. Okay. I think I actually like probably uh, pick four or five range. Uh, I like that I, I get whoever falls out of Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. You could maybe throw a couple other players in there, but those are just some of my favorite to draft this year. So uh, that's why, I mean, I kind of liked I got pick uh, 1.4. I took Cooper Cup and then T. Higgins is there on the way back. Now, I will say Saquon Barkley went up at 2.4 in this draft. Uh, a lot uh, The way the offseason was early on, maybe you could get him back there it, pick 2.9 where I took Higgins. So um, it is starting to thin out at running back when you get towards the back of the second round. If you don't like Javante Williams, if you don't like Leonard Fournette, like we're starting to lose some options. So that would be the only downside for me, but I kind of like getting locked into one of those first five options. So uh, Mario, what do you think? What's your preferred range to draft in? I'll say this year in particular, I'm loving the end of the draft. I just feel like there's so much value. And we already talked about Ryan getting Cook and Swift. I think those are two genuine first round picks and you you get them both. So I do like being at the end of the draft this year. Um, But I'll say if you are going and Ryan mentioned it, where if you want to go like that zero RB, because there is just so much value. I mean, you with the four got Cup Higgins. So I really think uh, if you do want to go that strategy, if you can get like the Jefferson, you can get the Cup, you can get the Chase in those three to five range and then, you know, just stay with that wide receiver. And then, like I said, you'd, you'd be okay to go zero running back there, but I like the end of the draft this year. All right. Same for you, Ryan. You like the end? Yeah. Early on in the off season, I really preferred the front. Uh, similarly to you, Eric, I liked getting the Jefferson, the cup, the Jamar chase kind of in the picks three through six range. Um, because early on there was Saquon Barkley that you could just take like that. That was Probably all of my teams I drafted on underdog early in the offseason was elite receiver Saquon Barkley at the back of the second. Uh, But now that's a lot harder. Now I find myself in that spot. I'm drafting way too much Javante Williams. And that really, really scares me. Even it's a pick I'll make, but it you never really feel amazing about it. So yeah, at this point, I think the back half of the draft is much better. You can be much more flexible. Uh, you can get digs in round one and still get a Barkley or a Swift in round two. There's so many ways you can go. You can mix Kelsey in. Yeah, I, I prefer the back at this point if I do not have a top two pick. Okay. I do think like pick 10 is a little tricky. Um, I mean, Dustin did a good job with it, but uh, he gets Alvin Kamara and CeeDee Lamb, but like he kind of misses out on a tier of receiver after Devontae goes and I don't know. I, I guess it just depends what running back you want to take there. I, I do think there are some difficult decisions in that nine ten range. So uh, I, I found myself drafting there a lot early on in the offseason, and I've been more upfront later, and I've kind of liked that so far. But, um, yeah, it's always interesting to see all these ADPs change. Joe Mixon went at 2.5. I feel like he could go anywhere from 1.8 to 2.5 in most drafts. So I'm just noticing that uh, Sammy, our resident Bengals fan, started out with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. So shout out to Sammy there. Uh, and, and both are great value picks. I think, you know, both of you Bengals homers, I think, had a great job there. I think I really like the Higgins pick in the end of the second tour, or I guess it's the middle of the second back end of it. What, what was that, the 2.9? Is that right? 
Yeah, I, I think it's terrific value there. So I, I think Higgins is a, a, an incredible receiver. People forget that he played last year with a bum shoulder, you know, and uh, and that's really limiting for uh, for a receiver, especially one with his game. And he's still balled out. I, I, I'm really, really excited to see what he does this year. So I love, love, love him in the back end of the second. Yeah, Higgins was interesting because I kind of noticed down the stretch last year, I was like, he doesn't seem as uh, fired up as he used to be early on in the season. What's going on? And it makes sense. He was playing with a torn shoulder. So sometimes that affects him a little bit. So, all right, guys. Well, this was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, most of our podcasts might be a little more organized than this. These uh, 30 second pick clocks and mock drafts get a little hectic, but I think it's a lot of fun. Hear our thoughts kind of as we're drafting and what goes through our mind when we're making these picks. So, hopefully, that was helpful. Um, thanks to Drew DeLuca and Mario, and Ryan, everyone who joined me. It was a ton of fun. We've got our What We Saws for the preseason coming out. Uh, we've got last week's out, and we will have our final week of the preseason out on Monday morning. So just make sure you're checking those out. Um, saves you a lot of preseason viewing that you probably just don't want to do. So read our article, catch up on everything that you missed. But after that, man, we got a week off, and uh, then we are rolling into the regular season. So just keep checking us out for the podcast, for all of our rankings and everything. And uh, we'll have one back here with you pretty soon. Thanks, everyone.